is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. How close was I? Who? The Jets? I know, man. Look, man, it's, it's a lot of... I don't, I don't even want to get into all that. I knew I was going to pick Miami no matter what, man. <laughs> That's Tyreek Hill. He's at the Jets. I was thinking... When that came out, Jags fans have endured a lot, right? Mm-hmm. It's been a tough, I don't know, decade plus. Yep. There have been a tough couple of years. Can you imagine if that story came out the other day and it was the Jags or the Dolphins? Yeah. And then Tyreek Hill picks the Dolphins. Like in this instance, because he was probably going the Dolphins the whole way. Right. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that'd be a gut punch. Right? Mm-hmm. Be a gut punch to the fans, no doubt. Be a gut punch to the organization. And I don't know if the Jets take it that way. Like, I don't I don't know. I haven't seen much reaction. I don't know if the Jets fans feel that. Um, and they're used to getting punched anyway. <laughs> the Jets have been down, too. That's true. That's right. right. So... I don't know. I just feel like it would feel a bigger gut punch in Jacksonville if that happened. And probably because we're here and we, we feel that. We feel what the fans feel a little bit. So, but I did think about it in that context of the Jags. Because like, really, if you, somebody remind me if, if I'm wrong here, but I don't remember a situation where like a player was picking Jacksonville or somewhere else. Oh. And chose other than, I'll give you two. Oh, okay. Tebow, who picked the Jets over the Jags. Oh, yeah. And I still think Olivier Vernon That's fits what I was say. because he picked the Giants. Now, the deal at the end of the day might have been a touch more, but I feel like it was structured better in Jacksonville. And he even said, if I remember correctly about that time, he said, listen, I just want to play at a bigger market. Like, I want, and that's cool. Like, you get that. I want to go play in, in New York. And that, I mean, again, I always say that is one of the deals that worked out for the Jacks. They would have paid an enormous amount of money for not enough production. Olivia Vernon's a fine player, but he ain't that kind of player now. Right. And so, where is he now? Is he in Cleveland? Sounds right. I think he is. But, uh, yeah, can you can you imagine if that were to happen in Jacksonville? Ooh, baby. That yeah, would not feel good. And I'm telling you what, here's the thing. I think sometimes you get the breaks. I think the Jets, I think the Jets are like the Jags. I don't think the Jets lost a whole lot in that. I think I like the fact that they were being aggressive. But I don't think they're ready to go win. Like, I don't think Tyreek Hill joining the Jets is going to do what? Maybe get them a maybe ahead of the Patriots? Maybe? A closer to the Patriots? Closer. Not better. Like, closer. Like, it's just they're still in the basement of that division if they have Tyreek Hill or not, in my estimation. Agreed. The Dolphins seriously might be... Like, the Dolphins, I think, right now are better than the Patriots. Yes. 100%. And I think Tyreek Hill, like, slam dunk makes them better than the Patriots. I'm not sure I would have said that before Tyreek Hill. I would have probably argued it a little bit. I might have still given the nod, but Tua doesn't do enough for me. Tua with Tyreek Hill and Waddle and Gusecki and Wilson. That does a lot for me. Mm -hmm. Because I think, again, I think I could throw 10 touchdowns with that offense. And now I think you can make the argument. Can we make the argument enough in the AFC East that the Dolphins are better on paper 
than the Buffalo Bills. Are we willing to go there? I'm willing to go there. You I, are? Yeah, I, on paper, yes. I think with the names that you've acquired, that's why we talk about the paper, but I think you've done a lot to acquire big names. Your defense already has big names. And to be honest, the Buffalo names aren't that big. Like, Stephon Diggs is good. He's a name. Josh Allen. The running back position doesn't really scream big name at you. The other wide receivers, Gabriel Davis, is good. Not a big name. The Dolphins have gone out and brought in big-name players that are very talented. And to me, on paper, they might have a better roster. Yeah. I, I, who was I talking to the other day? Or which, maybe it was at Davoli's House of Cards yesterday about this. I think it was about the Buffalo Rock offense. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they have Diggs. They have Gabriel Davis, like you said. They have some nice pieces. They're not bad. I mean, they, they got O.J. Howard, kind of a flyer like the Ingram deal is for the Jags. It kind of feels like it's in the same realm. Yeah. They already have Dawson Knox. Got an offensive line. Love they have, now, listen, their defense is really good. Like, the Dolphins' defense, to me, what do you say? I don't know where they finished last year, but Dolphins, good. they scream to me like a 10 to 15 defense in the NFL. Were they better than that? Well, I think they're... They're more like 7, 8? I think it's like 7 to 12. The, Dol- the, the Bills have like a 1, 2, 3 kind of defense. Yes. And they just added Von Miller. That is true. So, I mean, they're good on defense. Do they need as much on offense? And they're way better at quarterback. Like, way better. No doubt. No doubt. So do they, But I think you can make the case, like, if I'm a Buffalo fan and I'm watching everything go around me, I think they're the one team. Like, Kansas City might be doing this, but I think Kansas City fans, first of all, have had a ton of success. And also, I think they see what's going on. I think they know they can go get some draft capital and go get some new receivers. If I'm a Buffalo fan, I might be the one fan in the NFL that's like, wait a minute, are we doing enough? Vaughn's cool, but we got a great quarterback. We're paying a ton of money. We're this close. Maybe an OT rule close. And we aren't doing anything. We're getting O.J. Howard. I wonder if they're the one fan base right now in the NFL that can say, are we doing enough? Well, I think New England could say that. Yeah. You know, it's almost like, again, like, I just don't know if New England counts on a lot of levels. One is, you know what? Listen, Patriots fans, if you guys don't win again for 15, 20 years, 30 years, I don't think you can complain. That's fair. And number two, like, you kind of, it's like in Bill we trust, so Bill will do whatever he wants to do, and we think it's going to work. True. And. I know, but it just seems like, granted, Tyreek Hill doesn't really scream to me Patriots way. No. But, like, where were y'all? That's what you need. You literally need that guy. But they didn't even, like, their best player last year on their football team, they said, see you later, too. J.C. Jackson was, like, their best That's player. Call. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, appreciate you. We'll get Malcolm Butler back. <laughs> yeah, what are we doing? Like, and people are probably doing that, like, ah, Bill's got this. Malcolm's going to play really well this year. I'm sure he will, but that's <laughs> the point. Like, like, I don't, the Malcolm <laughs> Butler thing's weird because they were... I forget. Didn't that end bad the first time? Yeah. So I mean, he really basically. It was Malcolm Butler basically had a moment. He no, he did though. And he had a moment. Yeah, he did. Um, and he's. I think outside of that though, he's just kind of a guy. Yeah. I think he won a truck and then a big contract, and outside of that, he's been a guy. Yeah. Did he win the truck? The or, truck. or was did he win the MVP truck? Oh, I think so. Or did Brady win it and then give it to him? There's no way he wouldn't have been the MVP. Come on. I don't know. I got. I, I. I. feel like there's a story about the truck. Either he won it, or Brady won it and gave it to him. Well done. 
I won't wait for your answer. I'm stuck on this Buffalo thing because I think I'm right. I think the Buffalo Bills fan base is probably like, why is everybody else doing stuff to help their offense get even better? And we signed O.J. Howard, and that's it. Um, yeah. I feel bad for Dawson Knox. That's That guy's a dude, and they brought in another. I mean, I know well, Dawson. Well, that might help him be a, even more of a dude, though. You can have two tight ends. That's fair. Um, he did not win Super Bowl MVP, by the way. Who? Wait. Butler. Yeah, br- yeah, he did not. Brady won it. Yeah, but I think he gave him the truck. All right, we're digging deeper. Yeah, you dig deeper, but I'm pretty sure he gave him the truck. Uh, but anyway, the the Buffalo Bills to me are the team that I would say you feel so close, but have you done enough to separate and put you over the top while the rest of the league, like the AFC West, is going to get Russell Wilson, Devontae Adams, Chandler Jones. Uh, who else did the, did the Chargers bring over? Um, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. Keeping Mike Williams. And the Buffalo Bills, like, Stephon Diggs is good, but he's, like, Stephon Diggs now, what's the number of receiver is he in the league in the AFC? Ooh, yeah. I mean, Tyreek Hill in his own division, I think some would even take Waddle right now where he's pacing. And, and by the way, Diggs is good. But he might be the third best in the division. I'm not, by the way, I'm not putting, like, Elijah Moore over him. No. Um, and then if you go down, I mean, you got T. Higgins and you got Jamar Chase and you got Devontae Adams now and you got Mike Williams and you got Keenan Allen. Like, the Bills have a lot of good things. They've really done a nice job with that roster. But the Buffalo AJ Bills. Brown. Yeah, I still, I think I'd rather have Diggs than A.J. Brown. No? I'd rather have A.J. Brown. Would you? Yeah. Um, but they seriously might be able to stake the case that for our franchise quarterback who has played in an MVP level and done some phenomenal things, we have, like, the 10th best receiver in the AFC. <laughs> he's good, but he's, like, the 10th best. It's a good call. So it's really interesting to me what Buffalo kind of stood that. Now, what else will they do in the draft? And this goes back to a little bit of yesterday what we're having a conversation about. The bold move you need to make. Can you make a bold move? The Bills already did that. The Bills made a bold move by getting Diggs. And that's what's really helped them elevate not only Josh Allen, but their football team and their franchise. And really, I think, like, put them in another echelon in the National Football League and made them a contender. We think the Jags need to do something like that. Will the Bills do another something like that? Could the Bills maybe be active in the first round of the draft and go and chase some of these receivers for Josh Allen? Or will they stand pat and say, that's all right, we got Josh and he's cool with all the rest of it. Now listen, their offense has been dynamite. Do they need to increase their offense? Offense has been pretty good. Wouldn't hurt. But they also lost Dable. That is true. You know? So that's another part of Buffalo. Buff- keep an eye on Buffalo all of a sudden now. There could be a changing in the AFC West with Kansas City with what they did. Is it going to work versus what everybody else did? And have the Dolphins found a way to now flip the tables a little bit over the Buffalo Bills with the loss of Dable. So now you have a little bit of um, at least you're in flux a little bit on the offensive side of the ball and, and waiting to see what happens. And do you even have the weaponry that so many of these other teams have? And there's no doubt Tua now has better weapons across the board than, than Josh Allen does. 
ASC is very interesting all of a sudden. Uh, South Beach Gary, anytime I say the word Miami Dolphins, words Miami Dolphins, South Beach Gary calls. What's happening? Oh, Brad, just still on cloud nine, baby. Just still on cloud nine. <laughs> I'd like to switch gears, if you don't mind, talk a little turning. I haven't heard much turning talk from you tonight. Uh, Gonzaga, you know, they haven't really played well in the first half of either of their games this year. I think they were down 10 their last game and down down a, a bucket their first game. I think if if that happens again against uh, Arkansas, they not, may not be able to recover. Yeah, well, that's a good point. I mean, they can't get down again. Appreciate South Beach, Gary. Uh, thanks for getting us on to the NCAA tournament a little bit. It was coming, but uh, South Beach, Gary, helping produce the show today. Um, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Sweet 16 does start tonight. On ESPN 690. ESPN 690. We got 7 o'clock games and 9 o'clock games. I don't yeah. know which game we have. So it's pretty cool how they do this. Um, so at 7, the first game to tip is Gonzaga, uh, Arkansas. And they'll start with that one. And then when the next game starts, they'll give you the first couple minutes of that one. And then they'll slide back to Arkansas. And then they'll go, they'll bounce around is what I'm getting at. It's kind of like a red zone situation. But they have one featured game, which you'll hear most of, and that'll be Gonzaga. Um, and that makes sense. I, listen, I understand uh, South Beach Gary's point about Gonzaga. I don't think they've played very well. But see, I look at it two different ways. You can say, okay, they're not playing well. Or they're in the Sweet 16, they haven't really played well. True. And I look at Gonzaga that way because I think they're too good to not play well for like three weeks or for three games in a row. And to be honest with you, they're so much better than Arkansas, in my opinion, that they could actually not play a well again tonight and still win. Yeah. And so I think Gonzaga is scary because they haven't played well yet. But Gonzaga's also... Do you think like the do you think the the basketball world the sports world wants Gonzaga to win it? Uh, <laughs> I I think so because y'all picked them every single one of y'all. I don't want them to win. It's funny because I thought last year was the year. I think it was last year, if I'm not mistaken. I get everything confused, but last year was the year where it looked like the easiest path for Gonzaga to win it, uh, yeah. and they didn't. Correct. And so I was a little surprised to see everybody back on their bandwagon. In a year where I think it's pretty wide open. Like, it's it's more open than last year. Agreed. Yet I agree with you. Like, ev- it feels like every bracket I've seen everybody has Gonzaga. Like, everybody did a bracket at my house has Gonzaga. And yeah. we didn't even talk about it. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, Steph will do, like, any, meeny, miny, mo sometimes, and she still picked Gonzaga. Amanda ended up with him somehow. I don't... Yeah, I... Everybody has them. And Brian Middleton, though, I will tell you, is in that he wants to see them win because they haven't. And I think, I think maybe a lot of people are in that. I think... The diehards probably do want to see him win because of how good they've been and not won. Um, but then I think the other, like, non-diehards but still sports fans that made brackets, they picked them just because, you know, they're good. So those people definitely want to see him win. So I think there is a, a decent amount of support for them, even though I'm not one of them. So you don't want to see him win? No, I just want everybody else to be wrong. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's more. So it's not like you hate him. No, I got... Well, first I got, of all, like, Gonzaga's not a hateable program. Hate but yeah. yeah, I'm not sure anybody can hate Gonzaga. But I will say... I think, you know what Gonzaga is to me? It, it's like this, uh, you know how we all watch, whether it's on Netflix or we're binging shows and it's sure. season one and season 15 and season whatever. And to me, Gonzaga is like one of those shows. Not necessarily a reality show, but a show that like, oh, I wonder how it's going to end this year. Oh, is uh-huh. this year is going to finally end? 
Okay. You know, like this year is finally going to end with the trophy, and this is how the story ends. And then we're like, oh, shoot, there was another twist. They lost. Oh, back at it for season 12. Baby Gonzaga will do it this year. Oh, back for season 15. Maybe Gonzaga will do it this year. And I feel like we're waiting for the show to end. And the only way the show ends is with Gonzaga winning it all. Yeah. Like, this is... What was it? What was like the big one that he was disappointed? Everybody's disappointed in the ending, like last year when it Game ended. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, right? Yep. Like everybody anticipated that ending. Mm-hmm. Everybody anticipated the finale. Like that was it, right? They're not making any more Game of Thrones. I don't think so. Okay, so I have no idea. I've never seen it, but shocking. Um, mm-hmm. But like people were disappointed in the ending. Well, Gonzaga is like Game of Thrones ending every year. Like, it's th- you have not finished the story. And I think people do want to see it. I think they want the story to end. And while everybody doesn't love the Disney movies, they want to see this Disney movie end. Right. Like, that's the way I feel about Gonzaga. Yeah, it's an interesting take. I like it. I respect it. Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's a combination of Game of Thrones and Disney. It's like Aladdin and Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Name me a multi-part like Disney. Like they don't really do that. They do a lot of sequels. Uh, oh, Lion Toy King Story. had a couple, didn't they? Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah. Eh. What how'd, do you mean? Eh. How'd Toy Story end? I have no idea. Is it gonna like end end? The way Toy Story ended for me is when uh, Andy went off to college and gave the toys to the little girl. That's how I remember. I think they made a couple movies since then, but that's yeah. kind of how I remember it. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I, that's what I really think because few people. it feels more Disney-esque because I don't think there's many people that hate Gonzaga. And we love the Cinderella story of March. And so there you go. Cinderella fits with Disney. There you go. And I think we, like, we know how the movie ends. We know how the movie's supposed to end. We've seen sports movies. We've seen Miracle on Ice. We've lived, like, we know that stuff. And that's how this is supposed to end for Gonzaga. I want to go, Mark Few has been there since 1999, 2000. I was two. He, and uh, Matthew Driscoll mentioned this the other day, Dan Munson actually was the guy that really got him cooking, and they lost in the regional final. Then he went on to, I think uh, Coach had said Minnesota. And so Mark Few went regional. What's the regional semifinal? Is that Sweet 16? Sounds yeah. right. Y- yes, yes. So Sweet 16, Sweet 16, lost first round, lost second round, lost second round, lost second round. Sweet 16, lost first round, lost first round. Sweet 16, uh, lost second round, lost third round, third round, third round, third round. Lost, and then where it takes off, right? Lost the regional final, lost the regional semifinal, lost the national final, lost the regional semifinal, lost the regional final, which is the Elite Eight. Lost the national final last year or two years ago. Oh, no, last year. Yeah. And now playing in the regional semifinal. So they've made Sweet 16s and Elite Eights and Final Fours and championship games. And here we are. They have not. That's how crazy the Gonzaga run has been. They haven't lost double-digit games in a season since 2010 and 11. And in Mark Few's time there, since 99-2000, they haven't lost double-digit games more than twice. They've done it two times. You would say only a few times. They've done it two times. A few. 
few. I like it. That wouldn't be a few. That's a couple. Dang it. Uh, it took me a minute for that, but that was very Stuart Weber-esque. I know. I was trying. Um, so 2010-11, they lost 10. In 2006-07, they lost 11. I mean, it's unbelievable what his record has been. I wonder how people feel when they have to play Duke. Yeah, I don't think there's people rooting for it. Like, that's the story. I don't... Uh, that's a good question. Which storybook ending do they want to see? And I think they want to see Gonzaga. Yeah. Like, I, I don't... Like, people are weird on Duke and Krzyzewski. Like, yeah. I don't... I think I've, people I've will be like, that. listen, Krzyzewski's had a great run. And I like Krzyzewski. I have nothing against him. I don't have anything against Duke. I kind of used to as a kid more than I do now. Like, I respect Duke. And I wouldn't mind seeing Krzyzewski go out on top. But I think people would rather, there are more people, at least a vocal minority at the very least, that would like to see Krzyzewski lose and not go out on top and finish in a storybook way and would rather see Gonzaga win and do that. Yeah. Um, we got on Gonzaga because of the question about tonight's game. Bottom line is, I think they can play poorly and beat Arkansas. I think Arkansas is just okay. It's a great run, by the way, um, by Musselman and Arkansas. But the SEC is going to be bounced out of the tournament tonight, in my estimation. They can get it done. Our Kansas can do it. The boys. You just want to see everybody proven wrong. Listen, some of us, some of us intellectuals picked our Kansas to win this game. Uh, yep. Arkansas, Gonzaga, Michigan, Villanova tonight. Uh, Texas Tech, Duke, Houston, Arizona. Those are the games. The real important game is tomorrow with Providence. Yes. The real important. Should we do like an hour of Providence coverage tomorrow on the show? You know, I think we should. You know why? Because Austin will have to suffer through it. That and I wanted to talk. <laughs> Yeah. But it would be great. Like, hey, we just planned the whole show doing Friars. That'd be hilarious. Because Murray State, Wisconsin are out. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. If he was smart, he wouldn't come to work. Yeah. Just, he's like, hey, I got the I gave him the leave. option. I was like, listen, man, if you're out through Thursday, just take the rest of the week. It's cool. Yeah. If he checked his bracket on the slopes, then he might have, uh, he might take me up on that offer. I would. What was Hack Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 6 night? Now, the first alert forecast on ESPN 690. Yeah, I think they did. And I, and I think there's a number of factors why. Look, on, on the field, there's no question that he's a difference maker, and they're losing a tremendous difference maker for them, someone that they drafted, that they developed, that they kind of helped become and stood by and helped become one of the most dynamic playmakers we've ever seen. And make no mistake, they tried. They tried to resign him. What changed everything for them was Devontae Adams' contract. But see, what they have to do is that they have to start looking down the road as well. And 2023 is a big year for them. Okay, this football team has a lot of good players coming up that are going to need to be resigned here, and they were up against it. And look, they, they had to look at it both ways. Look, we, if, we, if we sign Tyreek to this extension, then we understand we're going to have to forego a lot of these players that we have on our roster. <laughs> I'm drawing blanks on so many names. Who's in the Monday night booth? Yep. <laughs> um, Lewis Riddick. Lewis Riddick. <laughs> so I was like, I was like I'm, I'm thinking it the whole time. Like, yeah, I know what this is. But like, um, well, he was, I guess. Yeah, I guess he was, right? Yeah. As Fox hasn't said who they're going to replace Joe Buck, right? I have not seen it. I think um, maybe Noah Schlick's up. Oh, that could be. I'm down for that. Um, Kevin Burkhart does a lot of their, you know. I, I agree with you. I think he's there. I actually do believe. I think he's really good. I think he is good, and I think he's one of the few, like, up-and-coming stars in the biz in that way. They could go get my guy, Andrew Catalan. They could. Andrew's good. 
I mean, but that's what you're looking at. I mean, Burkhart's not like an older guy that's been groomed to be that guy for 25-plus years, you know? Yeah. I mean, so Andrew's very – he's kind of grown up now. He was with NBC early on, kind of has now grown up in the CBS. Yeah. And I think he likes doing the college basketball. I think he really likes doing golf. Right. And, and so Fox isn't that. in that game. Yeah. Um, and I have no idea, by the way, what Andrew's like contract is, or even if they could come. But it doesn't, sure. matter, it doesn't seem like contracts matter much anymore in any walk of life. So, no. um, but I think, but you did. To I think Burkhardt is a star for Fox and in the play-by-play industry. There's an article a couple of years back, and this is why I tell kids all the time: like if you want to get into our industry, go do play-by-play, because there is n- there are not a lot of like network-ready stars in the play-by-play business. There really is not. Um, and, and there was an article, I think, uh, I, th- I think, who was it? Maybe it was Ebersol, who used to be at NBC. I think they, he was comment he commented about even Burkhart in an article like a couple years back about being like, hey, keep an eye on this guy. I was looking at play-by-play guys from all different networks, and, um, and I might be wrong about who said it, but I remember seeing the article and they're saying, there's really not a lot of depth there for the next, like, Nance, next Buck next Al Michaels right and I honestly believe that depth has shown to that that story is shown to be true because they couldn't get anybody on Monday Night Football like ESPN never groomed like the next guy and now they had to go steal Joe Buck and Troy Aikman which is a bold move and a big move but they finally you know they're good with all due respect to the other guys I'm not saying they're bad I'm just saying they don't have like the Al Michaels feel of a Monday night football. Right. And some of the network feel of Buck um, or Nance or those guys. They just didn't have it for the Monday night, which lessened the product in a weird way um, to the point where the Mannings became almost just as popular as the regular broadcast. That's true. So it is interesting to think about. And kids, if you want to get in our business, I'm telling you, Noah, who we had on Tuesday, is doing it right. And I told him this again yesterday, play by play. Play-by-play, play-by-play. First of all, there's more play-by-play opportunities than any other opportunities. True. Because if you look at every – they're showing volleyball games, softball games, ESPN Plus baseball games, UFC, golf. I mean, there are plenty of – there are more opportunities in that than any other field of our industry right now. And there are very few people that are, like, really good at it. Really, really good at it. So uh, that's my career advice for you today. Free of charge here on the show. Look at that. Um, and should have taken my own advice years ago. <laughs> Maybe I'd be at the network. I could be getting that call from Fox. You could be. Could be replacing Joe Buck. Here you are. And here I am. ESPN 690. I don't uh, I don't think I'd want to replace Joe Buck. Be tough, right? I'd like somebody else like to be. Well, actually, replace Joe. People hate Joe Buck. I can't. I've said this for years. Everybody has come, people hate Joe Buck. Don't get it. I probably just brought it up like three weeks ago, so I won't get into it right now. Um, I just okay. asked this question. Next trade to happen, Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield, or something like a DK Metcalf. What's going to happen? I still am hoping, I guess, maybe endlessly hoping that Trey Lance gets to play football, so I'm going to say <laughs> Jimmy G. Um, I still think somebody will make that move. Carolina, Seattle. Seattle doesn't really make sense, so I'm talking myself out of that one. But Carolina, specifically, I think Jimmy G's got to go somewhere. Um, DK, I, with all the receivers getting paid, I could see it. But 
Eh, like Seattle, they do actually need to have players to build around. Like that would help. And you don't really have a lot of those right now. So I think they'd want to hold on to him. So I'm and Baker, who wants Baker? Like we've, we found out not many people want Baker Mayfield. So I think I'm going to ride with Jimmy G in this one. All right. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't know, Baker, man. I don't think anything's happening anytime soon. And I almost wonder if the Baker and Jimmy G stuff now happens like after the draft, if teams that wanted quarterback can't get the guy they wanted. Yeah. Which would be kind of unique, but still could be in play. And, I mean, could some of this, yeah, I think we could see like a, just a summer trade for one of these guys if somebody gets in a pinch or maybe it's even getting closer to like the Labor Day time where their guy doesn't seem to be working out or they get hurt in the preseason and now you're like, all right, I'm desperate. Let's go make a move. We'll give up this. Wasn't the Wentz trade kind of late last year or was that early? Uh, I feel like there was a, a late quarterback something last couple of years. Yeah, I'd so. have to look it up. I don't remember exactly the uh, timeline of it, but I I just feel like I don't know if those guys are moving, and I feel like maybe a DK Metcalf. I wonder if there's one more out there is my point. It fe- feels like it's been a never-ending news cycle, and while Baker and Jimmy G are predictable, is there one more, like, somewhat unpredictable? Because I actually think DK Metcalf has become a little bit of a predictable thought. All right, I yeah. think somebody suggested today, I saw something tweeted, like, Green Bay, right? Sure, it makes sense. Green Bay now has some capital. They want to go get a studs receiver. Why not? But they feel it feels like they're either going with what they got or they're going with the draft with that capital because they didn't make a play for a guy like Tyreek Hill either. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where the trade falls. Uh, I want to get to this one real quick. Gregory Sampson, remember I'd asked, like, why do the famous athletes make so much money? They get stuff oh, yeah. for free. And I thought about this, and I think he's right on this. The comps are for one reason. I was basically saying, like, why does Tiger Woods go into a restaurant and get his probably his meal for free, even though he's got billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And Greg says uh, the comps are for one reason, to keep the famous coming back. Word gets out, the business figures, strong, a huge amount of paying customers in the door to catch a glimpse. And I would agree with you. Mm. You think about this influencer kind of world we live in. That's true. You don't have to pay him to influence. You just got to pay his $200 meal. That's a pretty yeah. cheap influence. Yeah, that's a good call. So, yeah, it makes sense. I think you're right on there um, about that. Hey, uh, something we don't talk about very often. And you don't have much of a voice to talk, but you got Action Sports Jacks OT coming up. Brian Middleton can do a lot of the talking. Yeah. I hear there's like a big soccer match tonight. Oh, yes. U.S. men's national team? Yeah, good call. Um, Should we start paying attention to the U.S. men's national team? Not yet. Um, This one will be a big one, though. They play Mexico in Mexico City um, at 10 p.m. tonight. Um, So how this works is this is the last leg of World Cup qualifying. If you finish in the top three, you get an automatic bid, the fourth spot. Um, you're in a play-in tournament for um, a better way to describe it. They're in position right now, but the three teams they play are at the top of the standings. Literally all four teams play each other. So there is an opportunity that you could totally fall out of grace if you lose these matches. And then uh, the United States and Mexico obviously have that rivalry um, just built in. And we won't see this again for a while because the next World Cup will be held in the United States, Canada, and Mexico combined, which means... If you're the host country, you don't have to qualify. So this uh-huh. huge rivalry. That's one way for us to get in. Yeah, we're in, guaranteed. <laughs> you know? So you won't see this rivalry really, for lack of a better term, mean anything. They'll play friendlies against each other, and these teams don't really like each other. So there will still be that, but there won't be anything on the line like there is tonight where 
the U.S. can put themselves almost guaranteed in with the win. Mexico can do the exact same thing. These teams don't like each other, like we've said. The U.S. has had their number of late, which is exciting. Um, most of the players you'll know for the United States are playing. A couple guys are hurt, but uh, it will be an ex- exciting night tonight if you like soccer. And just doing it. Hey, um, okay, a couple questions. I saw a headline where, like, they thought about playing their B team. Who? The United States. Did I see that right? I don't think or so. Or was that Mexico? Maybe I, I saw I misread the headline. Then I don't think it was from the United States because they need this. They 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 need it. They need to not lose. Yes. Yeah. And they're still when you play Mexico, there's a lot on the line, pride wise. Yeah, yeah. I would think that's also maybe I just read it wrong. Um, the World Cup is in Qatar. Uh, uh, Qatar. Qatar. Yeah, it's Qatar. I think it's called Qatar. It's not Qatar. 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 I thought it was quicker Qatar. I thought it was Qatar. I forget. But yes, yes, the World Cup is Q-A-T-A-R. Qatar. I know it looks like Qatar, but I'm thinking it's Qatar. Have you heard it named Qatar? I think so. Uh, Maybe you're right then. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I have. But to answer your question, yes, it is, and they are in the World Cup, obviously. Um, But, okay, so that's like in the fall. Yes, correct. So here's the deal. Are people going to care? Is that no, 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 no. I do care about this. I think. Can you make the case like the U.S. men's national team is like one of our most disappointing like sports entities of all time? Yes, yes, you can absolutely. You've had not huge name players, not Ronaldo like players, but um, Donovan and Dempsey and those guys were big name guys. And when you have the women that are just absolutely incredible all the time and any other national sport in the Olympics and whatnot, yeah, everybody else competes at a high levels, and the U.S. men's national team is not held yeah, up. Yeah, like, we, have not, we haven't even, like, closed the gap. Like, we don't really have star power too much anyway, but then we haven't even closed the gap, and then we missed the World Cup the last time around. Yep. And, like, years ago, I forget what year it would have been now, but that was fun with all the Vuvuzuelas and all that stuff, right? Like, mm-hmm. the bars around here were filled. It yeah. was fun. Like, it was cool. Like, I want that again. And I, I want the United States to be competitive. I mean, I don't follow soccer left and right, and I, I get it. There's a gap with the rest of the world. It's their sport more than our sport. But I also don't think we should be, like, really bad in a sport. I would think in terms of most disappointing sports entities, if you will, U.S. men's national team's right up there. I would think the last 25 years of, like, United States men's tennis has to exist in there somewhere. Yeah. You know? Uh, but at least we were good at one time. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I think... With this, at least, installment of the team, like, they, like the last time when they missed the World Cup, these guys were, like, 16 years old. Yeah. You uh, get that voice going. But, yeah, these guys, they, they are having, uh, they're carrying the weight now of, of not making it. And now they got to make it. So, and by the way, if the United States makes it, are they going to be even close to good? To really compete for it. And the answer to that is probably no. Well. But making it is at least, it's, it was a further embarrassment to not make it. It was. And, like, what I was trying to say before I started dying um, on the mic was, like, so Polisic now is your captain. He's 23. But last time this happened, he was 19. So what do you really expect? Pepe's 19 right now. McKinney's 23. And Gio Reyna's extremely young as well. He's 19. So these guys didn't even have the opportunity before. But they're coming into their prime is what I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is the time. This, but even if they miss out, these guys that are 19, when the next one comes around in the United States, they're going to be 
absolutely in their prime. Pulisic and them will be 26, 27, those ages. So they'll still be in good shape, but even if it doesn't go great this time, like you, they finally got to a position where you can be excited about what they have, what they're building. That's good. Well, because they've revamped the whole program. Right. And so these are the dividends of revamping the whole program, hopefully this year, but maybe even the next time around, to your point. That'd be yeah. good. That'd be good. You going to tune in? I know. Yeah. I won't watch a second of it. What are you going to watch? I'll be watching March Madness. Yeah, that's fair. And I'll be listening on ESPN 690. Well, couldn't you just listen to that and then watch? I have, have no... I'm just going to... I won't watch him into it. Will Ty watch? Doesn't he watch everything? He does. I don't think he will watch soccer over March Madness. Now, he might flip. Is there a big NBA game on tonight? No. All right. Yeah, he might flip. I like it. But he did rework, like, his workout schedule to, like, he was supposed to work out this morning instead of tomorrow early so he could stay up later and watch the tournament. Or maybe... Kid thinks ahead. Well, the soccer game's on at 10, so, like... Now he can flip around. There we go. There's Perfect. not a lot on at 10 other than some couple of March Madness games, and, and maybe he flips the soccer. I just want to be when you guys hit last on your remote, it goes to the soccer game. You guys, right. you guys use the last button? It won't... Yeah, he does. It won't be because I did it. Well... I'd probably put it on, like, NCIS instead. That's disappointing. Or definitely CBS 47 or Fox That's 30. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good spot. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. This was not planned, but I might have to stay to 7 o'clock because Casey can't talk for Action Sports Shacks OT. Uh, Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz coming up at 6 o'clock. We'll put a bow in the show coming up next. Really the longest soccer segment we've had in, maybe in the history of the program. And it only grows from there. I can't <laughs> wait till we're like the middle of November and they're in the World yeah. Cup. And they're, I'm like, bro, we need middle. to do it. You better hope the Jags are 2-12 and 12 by that time. Bro, if they win a game, we have to do it. <laughs> we'll be back. Welcome back, everybody. Action Sports X on ESPN 690. Brent Morton, Casey Kurtz, Austin Lane will be back with us tomorrow. And by the way, next week, Shock Your Mock season is underway. We're a month from the NFL draft on Monday. So we'll kick it off definitely with a Shock Your Mock. Hey, by the way, you just mentioned the World Cup. Italy's out. How do they lose? I think I just saw a headline that said they are out and they will miss the World Cup, I think, for a second consecutive time. Well, that's crazy because they won the Euros. So, that so that's is... big upset. That's big news in the soccer world. Um, I mean, they were kind of surprised to win the Euros, I guess you should, you could say. But, uh, yeah, after coming off what they did, then, yeah, that is um, a little bit surprising. Uh, here's, oh, yep. They... Yeah, that's just happened, huh? Yep. Um, you know, you can follow uh, on Instagram. We don't do the show live on Instagram. Kind of, I don't know if we're just not allowed to. They haven't. There's we no can't way do to that, right? run it through stream. Yeah, games. yeah. Unless you just want me to stand there and hold the camera. Yeah, that would, I mean, that'd be boring Maybe. for you. It'd Maybe, be a yeah. long day, tiring day. But anyway, you posted a video of Matthew Driscoll and myself talking about cal caterpillars and butterflies. I did. And it's done very well on Instagram. Yeah, so you yeah. can follow ESPN 690 on, on Instagram. Yep. 17.2 thousand views. <laughs> Like we said, it's just there's no rhyme or reason to the social media. Like, why? I'll tell you when I, <laughs> when I tell you I never saw that coming. Yeah. The, the other videos I posted, it was like, fun, but I mean, I, yeah. I think we've done better, by the way, and got like four views on something. All I did was hashtag Caterpillar, and it took off. So I guess people are really interested in the Caterpillar stuff going on these days. So That's uh, fantastic. Um, I love this kind of fun week, a uh, little offset. A little bit uh, on the heels of free agency as we prep for the draft and a lot of fun topics uh, going around. Uh, some serious ones, too, like the Deshaun Watson topic. 
Second grand jury says no go, right? They're not going to charge him. So once again, no criminal charges for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, still, though, with uh, it sounds like there might be another um, civil lawsuit coming for him. So that um, we'll have to see how that plays out. It's uh, and it could like the latest thing. I think I just saw a report. Keep an eye on the exemplist, the commissioner's exemplist, mm -hmm. because that could be a place where Deshaun Watson lands. For how long? Who knows? What does that look like? And what does it feel like for the Browns? if he's going to miss some time in the 2022 season after just giving him $230 million, it won't be a good start uh, for everything that's about to happen. I think what's interesting about the Watson case is, yeah, he's probably going to play football and he's going to collect a lot of money and, and sooner or later it will go away, but it's not going away sooner than later. Correct. You know, there's still going to be these kind of stories that come out about uh, Deshaun Watson over these next couple months, in my estimation. You see uh, Brian Schottenheimer going to Dallas? See the role they created for him? I didn't see the job it's title. Like the job title, he's going to actually be like a liaison between the offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. And his, at least the way I saw it presented, is he's going to uh, look at league trends. Like, it feels like almost an analytics position, if I saw it correctly. And it's like they... Sometimes I feel like they just find jobs for people. Like, Sounds do you need like that many coaches? No, I wouldn't think so. Um, that's See, I'm a big believer. Like, I don't want that many decision makers. And it's it's just... one thing to coach people, you know, mm -hmm. like coaches per, per player or like teacher per students. Yeah. I get that. But you can also have too many voices in my opinion. Well, yeah, I was just going to say it seems like that's just another person to disagree with somebody else. That it just It's just another problem that you may cause over something you want to do with your offense. Or. Yeah, and I guess like a guy like Schottenheimer's a pro. He knows his role. Like he, He's not going to probably do that. But I just think it. I, you're trying to make so many people fit together in a locker room. Yeah. Forget about in a building. Uh, and, and really, uh, I'll tell you this. I can leave you with this. As we go to Action Sports Shacks OT with Brian Middleton, Casey Kurtz coming up next, and then the NCAA tournament on ESPN 690. I told you earlier in the show, I told you throughout the show, I was down the Jags building today a little bit, uh, getting ready for the uh, draft. And the report I can give you is Doug Peterson's doing a heck of a job inside that building, getting people feeling good about what the Jags are going to do. There's a turn here in Jacksonville. And I think you got to give Doug a lot of credit. I don't think he's the only person, but I think you got to give Doug a lot of credit for that. I did say this. Like, Doug's got, like, the ultimate honeymoon coming off what happened with Urban. True. It's almost like if you walk in the building, smile, and say hello to somebody, you win. Do no wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't want to take away from Doug in that sense because I think he's genuinely that guy. But it got to a point in that building, again, where the toxicity was so high that I think the bar is pretty low. But I think you can already feel it in the building. I think I'll tell you that. And uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. I think we need it in town. I think they need it in the building. And hopefully they feel that in the locker room and on the field eventually uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brian Middleton, Casey Curse coming up next. Action Sports Jacks OT. Don't forget to watch CBS 47, Fox 30 tonight. And listen to all the March Madness games on ESPN 690. Back at it tomorrow at 3 with Action Sports Jacks. And Austin Lane will return from the slopes for our Friday show. Have a good night, everybody.